everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, and today we'll be breaking down this Sunday's main slate for both DraftKings and FanDuel contests. Tags isn't here for today's recording, but I am joined by another very intelligent analyst, Christian Abenizio, co-founder of Daily Fantasy Insider. Christian, thanks for taking the time to come on today's show. Hey, Bobby, thanks for having me. It's been a little while, but I'm, I'm super excited to be back in the flow of things here. Yeah, man, it's our pleasure. I learned a lot talking to you last year. I'm looking forward to hearing who some of your players are this week, and we're going to get into that here in just a second. Now, we don't have much in the way of news to discuss today, just a lot of questionable stars for Sunday like Doug Baldwin, Keenan Allen, and A.J. Green. Be sure to check in on the injury report before lineups lock. And if you're available on Sunday mornings, Tags does a live stream on our YouTube channel. If you go to youtube.com slash fantasy pros and subscribe, you'll get a notification when it begins. Or you can just set a reminder that way you don't miss the show. Also, before we begin, I want to remind you all about the giveaway we have going on for a signed Todd Gurley throwback Rams jersey. The contest ends Sunday. So if you want to submit an entry, you better hurry up. It takes about 30 seconds to do and you can sign up at fantasypros.com slash contest. We've also got another contest for you through DraftKings.com. If you go to FantasyPros.com slash DraftKings contest, it gives out $6,000 and it's free to enter. The top five are going to get a one-year pass to our highest premium tier on FantasyPros.com. Again, that's FantasyPros.com slash DraftKings contest. Okay, Christian, so here's what we've got laid out for today's show. We're going to talk about cash games first, which are the contests where about Half of everyone doubles up their money. So you want to play it a little more conservative, uh, go with more chalky plays, usually because people tend to spend their money, their hard-earned money, they invest it wisely. Um, We'll go one position at a time, talking about some of our favorite plays. Then we'll circle back around and cover all the positions for GPP contests. For those of you listening, those are the big tournaments with huge prizes. So you're going to want to set yourself apart by maybe having a few contrarian plays who could go off, uh, big-time upside guys consider game script, all kinds of stuff, ownership levels, everything like that. At the end, both Christian and I are going to give our locks of the week. Ready to go, Christian? Yeah, let's roll. All right, cool. So at quarterback, who is one play that really stands out to you that you like this week? You know, I'm going to come out of the gate firing, and since Tags isn't on the podcast, I'm, I'm okay to start with here. I feel like he always has hotter takes than me, so I'm just going <laughs> to take his spot there and just go for it. Um, I'm rolling out Baker. Okay. I want to do it. I, it's 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 the it's the play I'm excited about. I, he looked sharp last week. I, I I think it's a good matchup with a funnel defense in Oakland. Um, they're allowing that secondary is allowing like eight point seven yards per attempt, which I'm pretty sure is like I think it, it's actually the higher than any team last year. Wow. So it's I mean it's really really pretty bad, and. You know, obviously that's like on pace with Oakland secondary from last year. So this isn't like a, an aberration or anything like sure. that from for these for these first few games. Um, I, I like how you know, even though it, Cleveland has always kind of been that run first offense, I think I like his prospects in fantasy and especially at his price. Oh my gosh! I, I mean, his good. price is remarkable on both sides, really. And so, you know, I think a lot of people are going to say, "Really, you would play Baker Mayfield in a cash game? Like that doesn't seem safe to me." At the price, yeah, it's safe. I mean, he doesn't have to have a very good game to hit value, and he's got a huge ceiling against this defense. Exactly. I mean, it, it, you know, for cash games, you're trying to think. Let me let me try and find like two and a half, three times value. You look at that, what that would, would require from Baker, and that's like 15 points. It's like very average. Like if he does that, then he's sure. a great play. I yeah, you give him real... 175 yards and two touchdowns, and he hits value. Yeah, and that's not hard to do. Like he's totally capable of doing that. I think, like, you know, one of the values to avoiding guys like the Drew Breeses of of the week at quarterback is, you know, yeah, maybe a guy like Baker seems a little bit more unsafe in cash games. But when you look at the rest of your roster construction, you need to be able to fit in some of those high profile running backs. All those guys are really important to build in, and you just can't afford them when you go for a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees. And then you know it gets it gets to the point where then you're digging into the you know the bottom of the barrel for some of those skill positions, and that's just that's not what you want to do for cash games. It's not like we have one of these James Connors from Week One where he's super cheap. You know he's going to get 18 plus touches, and uh, and he's an absolute lock. There's no safety in value this week outside of quarterback. And so, yeah, I mean, I've got Baker Mayfield in my top two. I'm not sure he's my favorite play. I think I'd rather go with Matthew Stafford, which is kind of, uh, I don't know. I mean, he's okay. just got, he's got the best like receiver it. core in the NFL, and Dallas runs a slow pace, so I don't love that. 
But again, I mean, he's 7300 so just $400 more than Baker. Um, and I think that Stafford is just safer. We know exactly who he is. We know he's got the best receiving core in the NFL. We know their offensive line doesn't run block especially well. And so I think he's a good, safe play. I have no problem with the Mayfield call, though. Yeah, no, I like Stafford as well. I think you get a lot of, um, yeah, like you said, I mean, Matt Stafford seems to go up and down every once in a while with like, you know, he'll have a few interceptions here and there, but ultimately those don't really affect the fantasy scores too much. So yeah, I like that play as well. Now, somebody who's the same price as Stafford and and being an Eagles fan, I want to get your take on this because I know you watched him very closely. I I did as well, Um, but he's going up against a Tennessee defense who stuffs the run. J.H.I., it looks like, is not going to play at this point. So I don't know how potent their run offense is going to be. I think Wentz is going to throw a lot more in this game. I thought he looked really good. Is he someone you would consider for cash games at his price? Yeah, I would definitely consider him. I mean, I think, like you said, it's it's a good run defense in Tennessee. I think that it, it's obviously a, a pretty good game script. I think, I mean, the downside to playing Wentz is that if 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 the game stays kind of slow... Because like if it favors Tennessee's pace, then you're not going to get as much value out of Wentz, and it's the kind of game that the Eagles could just absolutely win off their defense. If they come out there firing, that pass rush comes out blazing against Mariota, and they just shut them down. Wentz isn't going to have a huge incentive to just start chucking balls. Agree. But you know that being said, I, yeah, absolutely, it's a funnel defense. I think, uh, yeah, he he's got a safe floor. I think regardless. Can you explain to our listeners what you mean by funnel defense so they know, you know, what the strategy is in going against a funnel defense? Very good point. Yeah, so a funnel defense is when a, te- a team's defense has a very strong run defense or pass defense and a very bad of the opposite. So, you know, a team like we talked about Oakland, they have a, a pretty good run defense, but a really, really bad pass defense, which means that opposing teams are going to throw much more often against against them so it favors quarterbacks it favors wide receivers playing against these defenses um and and that's the case here with tennessee is you're going to want to avoid the running backs and, then, and go for that passing offense sure yeah so you want to look for a funnel defense uh for for uh, a quarterback and plus the game script that goes with that and one player that has a great game script here is andy dalton he is the underdog, not not too far of an underdog, a four-point underdog, going to Atlanta Dome. It's easier to pass in domes. The over-under in this game is 53.5. Now, I know a lot of people like him this week as a streamer in standard, you know, redraft leagues. However, his price is a little bit higher here. At least on FanDuel, he's sitting at 7,400. It's a lot better on DraftKings. He's 5,400. I'm not playing him in FanDuel, but for DraftKings, does he jump to the top of your list? Yeah, I think so. I think he kind of started at the top of the list, honestly, in the beginning of the week. Um, I think he was, a he's from what I understand, seems like across most season-long leagues, he's been a popular streaming option, and understandably so, especially if A.J. Green plays. If A.J. Green sits out, it's a little bit riskier. Yeah. Um, but, I think it, and I, but I think he's trending towards playing. So I think that matching up against that Atlanta defense, I think, is a good spot to be in for, for Andy Dalton. And yes, like you said, at his price point on DraftKings, He's definitely right in the mix there. I mean, he's obviously he's a, a little bit more expensive than, than than Baker, but he's probably a little bit safer. Hard to say, but yeah, right in the mix up in the top of my rankings. Yeah, he's he's only a hundred dollars more expensive than Baker on DraftKings. Like I said, I'm Fanduel, no interest in Dalton. He's not in my top five because of the price point, but his price fifty four hundred on DraftKings that shoots him above Stafford. He's not my play on DraftKings though. I'm looking at. Believe it or not, either Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers. On FanDuel, I mean, their prices are astronomical. 85 and 8,700. DraftKings, we're looking at 66 and 68. I think I can justify paying that price for extreme safety. Drew Brees is going at New York, and Aaron Rodgers against this terrible Buffalo defense. And I I know last week uh, worked out (laughs) really well for their defense, but I don't know what Minnesota was doing. Like, I think the Aaron Rodgers is going to be just fine. And uh, I, I think that he, because of his injury, is probably number two on my list. But Drew Brees, I would put number one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you really can't go wrong with those guys. And I totally agree with the price discrepancy on DraftKings. They're much more appealing because you can, you know, like I said before, it's hard to afford those guys when their price points are so high because it limits what you can do at running back wide receiver. But that's not really the case on DraftKings. So you, as you can you can get those guys pretty affordably and, and, and make some smart plays elsewhere to make that lineup work. 
Yeah. I think what we're coming to is just that, like previous weeks, there are so many good plays, and there's no one that really stands out from the field. Like, Mahomes was a great play that one week, and of course his ownership was above 30%, but our ownership projections don't have anybody above 20% this week. It's all going to be spread out for good reason, because there's a lot of good plays. And so I think what it kind of comes down to is build the rest of your lineup first, whatever you have left over. Well, you just pick your quarterback based on that. Now, let me ask you this. If we spend a lot, you know, we go out and we get Alvin Kamara, we get Melvin Gordon, we get one of these top receivers, or we get Rob Gronkowski, we've only got, you know, $4,700 left. Can you trust Josh Rosen at just $4,500? I mean, that is a <laughs> tiny price. I don't think I can against Seattle, but I, I'm curious. Well, you are looking into the crystal ball for the uh, the end of the podcast here. I was going to bring him up in the in the GVP section, okay, and 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 for the reason that Seattle's defense has just been that bad. And I think whenever you get a wild card like Rosen, like we don't know what to expect from him, and when you get a wild card that cheap against that bad of a defense, there's always the possibility. So, am I trusting him in cash games? Absolutely not. Like if you're dipping that low in cash games, you need to start reconsidering the rest of your roster. I think you need to reconsider investing your money in, in DFS if you're dip if you're doing that. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, go go buy like some paintings or something. <laughs> um, you know, I'm looking at the rest of the quarterback slate and there are a few other good plays. Is there one or two that stands out to you that you want to talk about before we move on to running back? Um, honestly not really. Okay. You know, I've got two more guys I want to at least mention that I don't think would be bad. And so, um, you know, they're, they're not my favorites, but if you are considering them, I, I don't think that you're doing anything wrong. Deshaun Watson, who you all know I, I don't like. I think he's overrated. I had him rated uh, as my quarterback seven headed into the season. And here's the thing. He hasn't been that great through the air, but he's got 40, 44, 36 rushing yards. That's a free passing touchdown every single game. We know he's going to throw a lot. And even if he throws an interception or two, I think he's going to pile up the passing yards. He's going to get those rushing yards. And because of that, I think he's a safe play almost every single week. Now, he's not the best price in the world. I'd rather... Uh, you know, go down and get Matthew Stafford, like I mentioned, or way down and get Baker Mayfield. I don't think he's a bad play. And somebody else, Matt Ryan, again, not on FanDuel. He's 8100 But on DraftKings, he's sitting there at a very solid price, $6,100, going up against Cincinnati. I already mentioned the over-under on that game is 53 and a half. So I don't think either of those are bad plays. But uh, like I said, Stafford is my favorite. Uh, Christian mentioned Baker Mayfield as a tremendous play. And I agree, those are those are my top two. I want to say, I, as soon as you said I have two more people I want to talk about, I immediately remembered that there was, in fact, one guy I want to talk about, and it was Watson. I think Deshaun Watson is all, I, I think he's a good play, too. I, I totally forgot to bring him up, but um, I think when you look at that Houston indie game, you see two teams that play a really high pace, and the Houston offense matches up really well with that indie defense. And I agree. I totally agree that, you know, I think later on I was going to bring up. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, and I think that he's a nice pairing with Watson. I, I would, I mean, I think it's kind of a scenario where if you're going to play Watson, you have to play Hopkins. So it might, it's like a, it's like a stack only thing for me. Okay. Um, I, I but, agree. I don't like Hopkins in general, but this week I love Hopkins. Yeah, I think I think he's um, a solid play, and we can get to that later when we get to running or wide receivers, obviously. But um, yeah, no, I, I like Deshaun Watson this week. He's not super expensive, and. Do you think, think he's game script dependent? Like, do you think that maybe if Houston plays really tight defense that we just see a different version of Deshaun Watson, he turns into a game manager? Or is he always just going to be this gunslinger? I just, I mean, I find it really hard to believe that he turns into a game manager. I think... Yeah, I, I can't um, see him not getting 30 rushing yards. I just I just can't see that. It never happens. No, I, I, I and, and, you know, it's not like the Colts have a great pass rush, so it might not be quite as necessary for him to run but i don't think that makes him yeah anyone does against houston any. though <laughs> yeah yeah i, I mean I, I just don't think that that there's like that's not his who he is as a player it's not what we've seen in the past um i'm i'm not convinced that no i, I think that he is always viable to to put up big numbers in fantasy all right, guys, we're moving on to running back here in just a second. But first, I want to talk about one of the sponsors of today's show, NFL Game Pass. Only with NFL Game Pass can you replay every game all season. And it's helped me out a ton with this analysis. You know, looking at the players, seeing that Calvin Ridley really is a stud. Seeing that Carson Wentz actually looks healthy. It helps a ton for fantasy football. Plus, it's just a blast. It's NFL football anytime on your time with NFL Game Pass. There's so many great games this week, and we've already mentioned a few of them. I'm really looking forward to that shootout with Cincinnati and Atlanta. 
With NFL Game Pass, you can replay all of them from every angle. There's the broadcast version, commercial-free. There's Coach's Film, which shows the all-22 angle that pros and coaches use. Then there's con- condensed games, which is what I love to watch. You can watch any game in about 45 minutes. Remember, with NFL Game Pass, it's game time anytime. And best of all, you can relive the 2018 NFL season with a 7-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Sign up now at NFL.com slash pros. Game on. All right, so moving on over to running back, Christian. I've uh, typically this season, I guess it's only been three weeks, but I've been the guy who's like, well, there's so many good value plays. Might as well spend down here. I'll fade Kamara. Not this week. For me, I think that we spend up on running backs on at least two of them, maybe three. Do you agree or do you have a different strategy going into the week? I could not agree more. I think this week you would be really remiss if you if you spent down all the way at running back. I mean, I can see fitting in a, a good, smart, cheap play here and there maybe your flex but there's so many good players at the top of this list and it it would especially great matchups for all of them too yeah no i mean obviously they're good players but like they're good this week more so than normal and i think that you would you really can't ignore them especially in cash games it's one thing if you want to say okay these guys are going to be super chalk all the way through and in gpps i'm going to pivot but in cash games, if you're not rostering two or three of these guys, you're making a mistake. So when I do my research, Christian, I like to go to, you know, on our on our own website, you go to the homepage and you hover down under DFS and you can click on cheat sheets. And so we've got something cost per point. And everyone in the industry talks about that, but we've got this on our cheat sheet. And what it shows is our consensus projected points for each player based on, you know, each website's um, value for points. And so we take it from like five sources and we combine all the projections together. And then compared to that price, you know, how many points, uh, what is the cost for each fantasy point? And the top two values are Alvin Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott right behind them, Saquon Barkley, Melvin Gordon. So four of the top five guys here are the four most expensive plays. Which one of these do you like the most? The one I like the most is is definitely Zeke. I think that matchup with the Lions is, I mean, you couldn't possibly ask for a better matchup there. The Lions have given up the most yards to opposing running backs this year. Um, it's really a dream scenario. I, you know, when you look at that, especially you go on to DraftKings and you, you look at his price and you're like, what is going on here? He's 7-7 compared to Alvin Kamara's 9-6. And- yeah, there is no chance I'm spending an extra $2,000 to get a minimal upgrade. No, and I, I can I mean I can understand playing both of them, but if okay, you have yeah, to choose, yeah. I mean I like Gordon more than Kamara, but yeah, I, I agree. I could see yeah. playing both of them. I I like Zeke, and I like Gordon as my number two there, and I like I mean Kamara is always that guy for me that I think every single week I think this isn't this is superhuman. He cannot continue this. It's not going to happen, and every week it does, and I just sit there and and did you fade him in week one like me? Of course I did. <laughs> he was the he was the most. I was I was so excited to fade him week one. Me too. I came into the season. I was like, he has outperformed. He is the most efficient player in the history of the league. There's no way he can keep this up. And we all knew he was all, he wasn't going to run the ball twelve times. He ran the ball eight times, and he was still the best. Yeah, it, it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> like he truly like. Whenever someone asks me, like, should I play? Should I you know? Should I pay up for Kamara this week? I'm like. I, I can't tell you no, because he'll put up 40 points and I'll just look stupid. Like, sure. And, and there's there's never a reason to not play him. If you have the yeah. salary, you do it. But I, you know. I'm coming around to the fact that he is just a unicorn. And in fact, I came around to it earlier, but I just every single week it's like, well, there's somebody else who's just a better value. But I mean, think about this. He's on pace to break the NFL receptions record. Obviously, we're only three weeks into the season. I didn't say receptions record for running backs. I said receptions record for any position so you've got yourself basically a wide receiver one and a running back one maybe not a running back one just his running ability alone I don't know if he's a top 12 guy I mean, he could be if they used him that way but that's not how they're using him but you've got someone who's a top 15 running back a top 10 wide receiver is he really that much better than Elliot I he, he might be but Elliot's price point man I, I just can't do it no, I, absolutely not. I, I don't think there's any scenario in which I would play Kamara over Elliott. Um, I think Elliott is is truly my firm number one there. Just because, like, you know, when you look at the opportunity and the, and the share of the each team's offense, Elliott dominates that offense. Like, there is no Dallas offense without Ezekiel Elliott. There just isn't. Like, they're dead in the water. And so when you look at how badly a team needs 
their star to perform. It's Zeke is the epitome of that. And Kamara's yeah. not necessarily week for, in and week out. And Kamara has been the same way. Um, but I mean, Zeke every single week, he's got 18 touches, 22 touches, 19 touches. And you know what? That's actually low compared to last year. I don't know where they're not handing the ball more. I expect them to this week against Detroit. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 25 carries, five receptions, and has one of these classic Zeke games with two or three touchdowns. He is a lock in my cash game lineups. And I know people are worried about that offensive line, but it's Zeke. Yeah, it's Zeke. I think he has shown, like, you know, even last year they, they were missing Tyron Smith left tackle, and, like, they had some holes, and, and, and he was still phenomenal he he's kind of what he's one of those running backs that can play behind oh i mean i want to say any offensive line but he's had such a good offensive line his whole career i guess it's hard to say that you know maybe not go that far but like he's he's a little bit matchup proof in like his situation because any team that relies on one player that much is that player is going to do well and when you add it in the talent that zeke has it's just it's unstoppable so I am, yeah, he's my absolute, he's, he's one of my favorite plays of the entire slate, for sure, and yeah, I think he, he just, when you, you know, you look at that opportunity, you look at that volume, and that's always what I fall back on, and, fit. and if I'm looking at DFS contests especially, you know, I'm thinking, these guys could all pop off for 30, 40 points at any given time, but if I'm looking yeah. at the volume, I want that consistency, and especially in my cash games, I'm thinking, what is going to give me that really, really high floor? And at his price point, no one gives you the, the comparable floor. Now, Melvin Gordon, we both mentioned him as our number two. Now, on FanDuel, he's a lot more expensive. He's 8700 a full 500 more expensive than Elliott, 400 cheaper than Kamara. On DraftKings, we're looking at, uh, let's see here, Melvin Gordon's 8300 So he's only, um, you know, he's, he's 1300 cheaper than Kamara, and I get it. Kamara's got the full PPR going for DraftKings. But Gordon hasn't been a slouch in the passing game either. And in fact, Keenan Allen is questionable for the game right now. I could see him having an absolute huge role. Even if he doesn't, he's safe. But you mentioned Detroit being the worst uh, running defense so far this year. It was San Francisco last year. Can we still pick on them every single game? And especially when the Chargers are 10.5 favorites at home against San Francisco. Yeah, I think that's the biggest key right there. You just said it, is that... When a team is that big of favorites, when they have a running back that does everything in the pass game and in the running game, and they're expected to just coast the whole game, he's an absolute lock. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. especially if Keenan Allen, if Keenan Allen does not play and you don't have Melvin Gordon in your cash lineups, you know, you better, I think you if, if Keenan Allen is ruled out, Melvin Gordon will be 90% owned. And frankly, that's too low. Yeah. Oh, of course. Absolutely. And I, I think. So would, would you play Gordon over Elliott if Keenan Allen was ruled out? I mean, I'd love to play them both, but if you had to choose one, um, I think I would, unless it really destroyed the rest of my lineup. Unless that, like, you know, six hundred dollars really, really mattered. I don't think I would make too many sacrifices, but I would definitely try to play him. Yeah, I think I would figure out how to get Gordon in my lineup. He would become my lock of the week, and he won't be my lock of the week. You'll hear that later. But if Keenan Allen is out, I'm changing my mind. It's Melvin Gordon. Um, now we haven't talked about Saquon Barkley, who, frankly, on tape. I will argue with anyone who doesn't say that he is the single most talented running back in the NFL already. He's done it. He's been great against three very good run defenses. Um, I mean, I understand against Dallas, he only had 11 for 28, but he had 14 receptions in that game. I think week to week he is safe, and this is his first matchup where we say, okay, now we're going to see just how good he is because the defense is just mediocre. Is he someone that is safe enough to consider playing in cash games? Like maybe you get Zeke, Saquon, and Melvin Gordon in your lineup. Can you afford that? Um, I actually haven't tried that, but if you could, I want to <laughs> count me in. Yeah, put put me in. I want to do that. Um, I I think you can't go wrong with him. I think he's you know again game script proof. A lot of running backs in the league are kind of dependent on their team being up in a comfortable spot. Barkley is, is they rely on Barkley whether they're down 20 points or up 20 points. It's the same, you know, it doesn't matter. So that's a really, really good sign for cash games that you got a guy who's going to, you, you know, you're getting numbers from him in some fashion, whether it's passing or rushing. Um, so yeah, I love him. I, I don't think you can go wrong. I, I don't think there's as many eye popping reasons to pick him, but sometimes that's a good way to get a little bit of differentiation in cash games when everyone's really focused on you know, guys like Zeke and Gordon who might have like the better matchups on paper, 
sometimes you can get a little bit of lower ownership on guys like Barkley. You know, I actually think the ownership is going to be highest on Kamara. Uh, I mean, I know you and I both like Zeke and Gordon more, but just based on what Kamara has been doing, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he's 40% owned once again. Um, now, we both love Zeke and Elliott and Barkley, and Kamara's a great play too. So this is the same kind of thing. You can't go wrong with any of these four guys, but is there anyone cheaper than them that you think is also a great play? Yeah, I think the area where I want to spend down at running back this week is Joe Bernard. That's what I was going to say too. All yeah. right, we're we're in full agreement so far, man. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, I think that's an obvious play. I think he will unfortunately probably be a little bit chalky, but I think this is an area where in cash games you bite that chalk and go for it because he's just he's the only guy who, um, you know, you can justify taking up one of those three run potential running back spots for. Um, you know, he he's going up against the Falcons who have led the league in targets allowed to pass catching backs at like 34 or something crazy. And that's, again, in, in the same way that Oakland's pass defense is really bad. Like, this is a trend that we saw carry over from last year, too. Atlanta has always been bad at covering pass catching backs. Um, so the fact that they're the worst, the worst in the NFL, yeah, they're they're Yeah, almost every year. They're the, they're the absolute bottom of the barrel. So um, I am super happy to target Gio Bernard here. Um, you know, Joe Mixon going down has, has opened up a huge, uh, you know, it, he's, it's brought him back from the dead a little bit. And, and I think it's a great, great matchup for him this week. He's been exceptional every single time that he has been the feature back. He ended last season uh, as the feature back for four weeks. And in those four weeks, he was a top 10 fantasy running back. This is the best possible matchup for him. He was great last week. And because of that, we've got him projected as the sixth highest point total running back. And he's the 16th most expensive. If that's not a value, I don't know what is. Um, So on FanDuel, these are the only five guys I would actually consider. I can't recommend anyone in good conscience, anyone else. Um, But is there anyone else that you would at least consider playing Christian? Maybe Sony Michelle uh, now well, that uh, now that Rex Burkett's out of the way or, or carry on Johnson. <laughs> I was sorry, man. <laughs> Michelle is my is my GVP running back play. So um, I could, do you want me to talk about him now, or you want me to save him for later, or what do you? Yeah, let's let's save him because I I, I don't think he's really a cash game play. No, I, I don't. I think, think so for either. GPP his ownership is going to be around ten percent, but yeah, he's a great play. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't use anyone else on Fanduel. Um, on DraftKings, though, it's a different story because you've got some of these guys who are stupid cheap, right? Lamar Miller's $5,000. He's going up against Indy. Uh, on Johnson is $4,400. I think he won this job. Even Marshawn Lynch is just 4800 Austin Eckler, 4200 Isaiah Crowell, 37 He's in a bad matchup, but 3700 Bilal Powell again, 3800 Sony's 45 Are there any of these guys that would slip into the conversation with Gio as a top value play if you need to save some money? Um, you know, somewhere I like to look is actually Marshawn Lynch. And I think part of the reason I like that, it, you know, I mean, obviously you dig down in that price range, the further you go down, the more risky it gets. And that's completely obvious, but to everyone and anyone, but Marshawn Lynch has been extremely consistent and, you know, he scored a touchdown in every single one of the games this year. He's clearly their goal line back. They bring him in just for those situations. If he's not already on the field. I think that's a really, really good sign, especially if you're, you know, if you're really hurting for cash in your, in, you know, in your cap, and you got to cut down somewhere to avoid to afford some of those guys like Zeke and Saquon and Kamara. Um, but you've got a spot left for him. I think I think he's a decent play to kind of get you a nice, safe, you know, 10, 15 points. Yeah, I, I mean, he's got 20-plus touches in both of his last two games. So far, he's played uh, three really good defenses in the first three weeks. This week, it's not as good of a matchup, so I think we could see his best performance yet. And at that price, I mean, you don't really need that much. You need 10 fantasy points. So if he gets you know, two receptions again, he's got at least two every single week. That means he just needs either 20 yards and a touchdown or 80 yards rushing or through the air combined. I think that he's a lock for that. So, yeah, I think he's a great value. I just don't know if I can get away from playing, you know, Zeke and Gordon or Zeke and Bernard to go down to Lynch. I think he's a, a solid play, and I, I trust him more than Carrion for cash games. I think I trust him more than Lamar Miller, so he's probably the next guy I would go to. But also Tevin Coleman, again, 53 and a half. He's the lead back there, assuming Freeman is out. Um and he's going to be involved in the passing game. The game script is awesome for him to get plenty of rushes. Do you like him as much as Lynch, more than Lynch, less than Lynch? Um, I think he's he's kind of like right in that range. I don't think I would um, 
I don't think I would have a serious gripe with someone who chose to play him over Lynch. Um, I think they're both pretty viable in that spot. You see a lot of good good passing game action out of him too. So that's that's a good spot, especially on DraftKings where you're trying to get that extra PPR bonus. Yeah, likewise. I wouldn't blast anyone for playing him. And same with Lynch. Uh, I don't think they're the best plays, but I, I definitely won't fault you. Okay, we'll move on over to wide receiver here in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you all about Lisa Mattresses. So I've got one of these bad boys, and I was talking to my doctor after the surgery, and he was basically saying, like, it's going to be really hard for you to sleep. You know, if you, if you need to take some sleeping medicine just to get through it the first couple nights, uh, go ahead and do that. I slept like a baby. I had no problem whatsoever because I was on my Lisa mattress. Guys, a quality night's sleep helps you recover from distractions faster, prevents burnouts, make better decisions, improve your memory, and overall make fewer mistakes. It's not marketing. It's just science. To design a better mattress, Lisa leveraged 30-plus years of experience and hundreds of hours of testing to develop the perfect mattress for all body shapes and sleeping styles. Lisa's mission is to provide a better night's sleep for everybody, and through their 110 program, they donate one mattress for every 10 they sell. That's more than 26,000 mattresses and counting. Lisa strives to leave the world a better place than they found it, but that doesn't stop with mattress donations. Together with the Arbor Day Foundation, Lisa plants one tree for every mattress they sell, and they're committed to planting one million trees by 2025. Don't miss these fall savings. Get $160 off your Lisa mattress at lisa.com slash fantasypros. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash fantasypros. All right, Christian, moving on over to wide receiver here, and uh, we are going to have to find a way to save some money so that we can get Zeke and Gordon. So what are we going to – I mean, there's one play that is just absolutely obvious. So I'm going to say him right off the – actually, you know what? I'm going to see who your favorite guy is and see if it's the same guy. Who do do you have? Uh, Jarvis Landry. Oh, Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I mean, he's up there, but that's not who I was thinking. Uh, He's a great play. Trying to to read your mind there a little bit. I like Jarvis Landry a lot for just, I mean, he, he matches up really well with my, my favorite little uh, Baker Mayfield pick there at quarterback. Um, so that's obviously like where my mind was going when I when I thought of Jarvis Landry. I mean, Landry is awesome because you know he's going to get so many receptions. Callaway didn't really look that great. And so we've got Jarvis Landry fifth in projected ownership. I mean, he's a great value play up there. My guy, however, at least on FanDuel, on DraftKings, he's not in my top 10 because of his price point. But on FanDuel, he is so cheap. I don't know if this is an oversight or what, but Kenny Galladay is still $5,800. I think he might be the best wide receiver on this Detroit team. I already mentioned Stafford is one of my favorite plays. I think Galladay eats at that price. Oh, yeah. I, I totally agree. Galladay has been getting just absolutely peppered with targets. He's been an absolute monster in every way. He's a um, stud. He, he is yeah, a stud. He truly is a stud. Yeah. I mean, he, he's he's going up against this Dallas secondary that is, while they're not like the worst secondary ever, there's, you're, not, you're not getting any special out of them. I think that it's certainly not going to slow him down. Um, I, I love him this week. I love him every week and from now until the end of time. Yeah, I wouldn't mind playing Galladay and Landry, which would afford you to get those two top uh, wide receivers. And somebody else in that price range that I love is Allen Robinson. He's just $6,500 on FanDuel going up against Tampa. You got a 46.5 over-under on that game, so bigger than Chicago's used to playing in. Obviously, Mitch Trubisky loves Allen Robinson, and why would you not? He's a great price on DraftKings, too, just 5900 I think you could get away with playing all three of those. But let me ask you about this. You already mentioned Baker Mayfield. Antonio Callaway is sitting there at the minimum price on FanDuel. Is he good enough? Is he going to get enough work that we can trust him in cash games? Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to say, right? When you, you bring in a new quarterback, you, you don't really know. You don't have a lot of safety in in volume or roles for any particular players you know especially tight ends and wide receivers you just don't know how they're going to change the game plan for a different quarterback so we get a glimpse of it a little bit and I think it's 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 optimistic but I don't like going that deep for cash games unless you really really have to um I, I don't think like his there's nothing specific about his individual matchup that stands out it's it's Oakland again like we talked about so that's that's nice but it's a, it's a little risky. Yeah, I mean, I could see him being at 25, 30% ownership because of the minimum value, and everyone thinking, well, I mean, he's so cheap that of course he's going to hit value, but I mean, no wide receiver is really safe to hit value, so I want the targets. I know Callaway had 10 last week, but he also didn't look that good, so maybe he loses uh, Mayfield's trust a little bit. He throws the ball to Njoku, he throws the ball to Higgins. Of course, Landry's going to be involved. Maybe Duke Johnson gets back involved. I can't trust Callaway. I know a lot of people are going to be tempted to play him. 
I cannot recommend playing him, especially with so many other good value plays on the slate. Uh, Christian, before we move on and talk about the top guys, those more expensive ones, do you see any other value plays that you love for cash games? Uh, yeah, one guy who really, really stands out to me across this entire slate, and that's Sterling Shepard. Yes, baby. All right. <laughs> I had three more names. He's at the top of it, though. Okay, yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree with that more. I think he is... Uh, when you look at what happened last week against the Saints, you had... He's going to get the... What I'm calling the opposite of Marshawn Lattimore coverage. And that is just absolutely money. Clearly. I mean, we saw it with Calvin Ridley last week, and I think we can see it again this week. Every single week against the Saints, right? Yeah, I think it's an, it's an absolute, when you, you know, you look at situational matchups, and that's exactly what you want to see is something that Sterling Shepard has this week. Um, I think he will be relatively chalky, but again, for cash games, I'm okay biting the bullet there. He's not expensive. I think he's 4900 on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's very affordable. He helps you get those high-profile running backs, and I like his opportunity to catch a lot of balls over the middle. Another, I mean, the, the list goes on of all the benefits of playing him, but one more is just that, you know, Evan, Evan Ingram's injury opens up the middle of that field. And especially opens up the red zone. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, obviously, OBJ and Saquon are, are, are big targets in the red zone, but when you get defenses try to, you know, shut down some of those bigger targets, it's the perfect opportunity for Sterling Shepard to you know, raise his yeah. hand and say, hey guys, you know, I'm wide open over here. Like, I think it's he's a great play. I think he's an excellent um, way to get some value out of this slate. I won't go as far as saying that OBJ is going to have a rough game against Marshawn Lattimore, but this is definitely the type of game where you fade Beckham and you go to Shepard. And a lot of people are going to say, well, he's only had one good week here. The first two weeks were rough. Well, yeah, of course, week one was rough against Jacksonville. Uh, week two against Dallas was just kind of a train wreck all over the place. That was an ugly game altogether with Dak and Eli both looking like turds. Week three, he looked awesome. I think this is who Shepard really is. Remember, Pat Shermer's there. He loves the slot. Shepard is a very talented slot. I think he's going to be great this season, and this is a perfect matchup to use him. Uh, the two other guys that I like, actually, there's several more, um, but uh, the two that I like the most... Uh, For cash games, Tyler Boyd with or without A.J. Green, because either way, he's going to be playing 70% of the time in the slot. He's up against Brian Poole, who might be the worst slot cover corner in the NFL. Um, So I want to pick on him. Boyd is is used all the time when Andy Dalton is is under pressure. Atlanta's going to put pressure on him. Cincinnati's offensive line is not very good, and Boyd just finds a way to get open. So I love Boyd this week. I've got him right behind Sterling Shepard. And then Corey Davis is really cheap, 5,400. I know he hasn't been great, but he's got a 30% target share. The only guys who did that last year, Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. This is going to continue because they have nobody else. Rashad Matthews was just cut. Philadelphia, I'm sorry, Christian, their secondary is not great. And I think this is Corey Davis's best matchup so far this season. So at his price on FanDuel, I can see using him. Now, I don't love him compared to, you know, guys we've already mentioned, Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry. But he's definitely a good option. At least in my opinion, he's a good option. I, I, yeah, I totally agree. I think that when, I, you know, like I said before, that volume is is just... That is the magic sauce of DFS. And I think yeah. that when, you know, those numbers just pop off the page like that, it's hard to ignore. And I think that, especially in this matchup, the while the matchup isn't particularly good, the game script is. So, you know, you're thinking that hopefully that the Titans have to throw a lot to keep up with the Eagles. The concern is obviously that the, you know, the, the Eagles pass rush gets to Mariota before he can throw the ball to Corey Davis. But, you know, I think he's he's at least worth worth consideration here. Absolutely. I'll tell you what. Last last week on this show, I was saying I don't really want to play any cash game lineups because I just can't figure out what to do. I don't have any lineups that I love, and that was before you know all the guys. Dalvin Cook was rolled out. Jai was rolled out, and I ended up using the replacement, which obviously did not work <laughs> out well. Everyone used Murray though, and a lot of people used Clement, so I still was fine. Um, but this week. I love my lineup, and there's so many guys that I like. Two more that I want to name really quick. I won't get into them very much, but Mike Williams, especially if Keenan Allen is out, I think Mike Williams is the real deal. I also think Geronimo Allison is the real deal. I think he's the number two 
I said two names, but I'm giving you another one. The other one is Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley is is really awesome. I don't think last week was a fluke. I think that Cincinnati, again, 53.5 over under. Calvin Ridley is cheap. He's a good play. But let's go up to the top of the list. Let's say you have money, Christian. Um, you know, you're spending on Marshawn Lynch. You're spending on Gio Bernard, and you fade um, you know, several of the top running backs. You just use one of them. You've got the money to spend. Who do you spend it on at the top? Well, I think, um, you know, I mentioned him before, but DeAndre Hopkins is a good is a good pick here, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been on the field for, I think, almost literally 100% of the Texans' offensive snaps. which He led the league last year, in, for at least for wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, that's remarkable. I think we rarely see this connection where a quarterback has, a, like, a go-to guy where he might not throw to him every single play, but when they need a play, it goes to him every single time. And that's what you get out of DeAndre Hopkins. He's and I think there's there's a lot of concern with this with like Will Fuller and like whether that brings his value down. But just keep in mind, Hopkins is still outpacing Fuller in targets, thirty three to twenty. He has twice as many red zone targets as Fuller. So everyone coming in here and saying, "Oh, he's never going to catch a touchdown again because Will Fuller's on the field," like that's just not true. Um, and I <laughs> Come think, on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think, especially if you're going to try and get someone, you know, if you're going to pay up a little more at quarterback, other, you know, if you're not willing to trust me on Baker Mayfield, which I don't blame you, let's get that clear. Um, but, you know, if you want to go for someone like Deshaun Watson, I think you got to pair him with DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, and e- even if you don't use Watson, I think Hopkins is the play that I trust the most of these most expensive guys. Julio, man, I just, I, I, I don't think I can do it in cash games right now. At least as long as Calvin Ridley's emerging like this and they just don't throw the ball to Julio Jones in the red zone. Um, you know, you've got Michael Thomas, who is awesome. I get it. But Janoris Jenkins is sitting over there, and that's just not something I want to mess with in cash games. Like, Michael Thomas is on pace for, what is the single season record, 149 receptions or something? Thomas is on pace for 202 with 2,100 receiving yards. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he surpasses Antonio Brown as the best wide receiver in football this year, but I don't want to mess with Janoris Jenkins in a cash game. Odo Beckham, same thing, Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore's been being lit up, but we know how good he can be. So for me, it's DeAndre Hopkins. If I'm spending the money, that's who I want to go against. I know Indianapolis has been a lot better than we expected in the secondary. I don't think that keeps up, though. I think Hopkins is a good play, but he's not in my cash game lineup, so don't hear that wrong. Yeah, no, I, I think, and I think Hopkins is is one of those guys that just matchup proof. I don't think he needs like a specifically fantastic matchup against any particular corner to to really light it up. I just don't think that's you don't need that when you get a guy who's relied on so heavily like he is. And if you're thinking about Devonte Adams because he's going up against Buffalo, please think again because Tre'Davious White is a superstar and he's going to be all over Adams. Do not do it, please. Yeah, that's just kind of risky. I mean, I, th- I think especially with Rodgers not being 100% yet, I don't think you really want to want to go there. I think he always has the potential to catch two, three touchdowns. Um, just he's one of the most heavily used players in the red zone. But yeah, I think, you know, especially for cash games, it's it's not the right week to play him. All right, tight ends, Christian, which way are you going here? So tight end, it's it actually works out really nicely this weekend because I don't like any of the top tight ends. And so I'm okay. very, very happy. I, I love them. I, I love Gronk against Miami. Oh, boy. All righty. Here we go. Conflict. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to hear your spiel on, on Gronk, but I will give you my pitch for the cheap tight ends first. Um, I think, I mean, first of all, I, I love the idea of paying down at tight end because it lets you get some of those running backs like we talked about. It's a good week to pay down everywhere else. Um, and there's good opportunity to do it here. You know, sometimes it's like you kind of feel like you're forcing it. I don't think that's the case here at all. I think a guy like Eric Ebron is a fantastic, fantastic play here. I think he's going to be super chalky, but in cash games, I think, as I mean, as long as Jack Doyle is not playing, Eric Ebron is an absolute lock. He got 11 targets last week, four in the red zone, and on top of that, he's just been dropping balls left and right. And so if he starts catching them, you know, you have faith that he's a professional football player who catches footballs, you know, for his livelihood and, and should be able to do that. You know, <laughs> he's going mean, to nobody can nobody can drop that many balls that consistently right? and still it's, get targets. It's, it's, positive regression on drop balls. It's like the, the it's I think it's like the cardinal sin of, of talking about fantasy is, is talking about drop balls. But realistically, like, I mean, if you watched that game last week and I did because I was watching 
the Eagles, obviously, but I, I was watching Ebron just balls just slipping through his hands. And I was like, how is this even possible? But I don't think it continues. I really don't. I don't think I don't think Eric Ebron is broken. And clearly Andrew Luck doesn't think that either because he's just he's been yeah. a monster. And I think Andrew Luck has always loved his tight ends and has shown that even if it's not Jack Doyle, it's gonna be whoever else is on the field. So I agree. Uh if Doyle is out, Ebron is a great play. And I already mentioned I love Gronk because Miami was just dreadful, just absolutely horrible against tight ends last year. Gronk's dealing with the ankle injury, and he's really expensive, though. So he's not my number one play. My number one play, believe it or not, is Jared Cook. <laughs> I, I never really? thought that I would say this, um, but he's going up against Cleveland, who we know is just the worst. They're the absolute worst against tight ends. They have been for a long time. It's not changing this season, and he's $5,400. I don't think Jared Cook is that great, but for whatever reason, Derek Carr has been targeting him a lot, maybe because he's had a lot of good matchups, but this one is the king of good matchups, somebody right behind him, uh, and I've got him in the same territory as Ebron and Gronk, is David Njoku. I don't know if I can use him in cash games, but again, Oakland is horrible against tight ends. Um, Baker Mayfield, I believe in big time. I think he's a big upgrade from, uh, I almost said Jarvis Landry, um, from, from Tyrod Taylor. And Njoku's a big red zone threat. He's super cheap. So he's a good play. Anyone else that you like in cash games? Um, no, I, I was going to say Njoku. I think he was he's my other guy that if you're, you know, he's a great option to spend down on. Uh, he's even cheaper than Ebron. Both of them are really cheap. So really, if you're, you're picking, you know, going back and forth about $300. But, you know, I think Baker makes him more valuable. They saw a, a really good connection between the two of them in the preseason. And yeah, I get that's the preseason, but it's a good sign. I think he was always a good piece of this offense, and I think he gets better with Baker. I think he's a nice stack if you play Baker. I'm just going to keep bringing up this Baker stack until people start believing me. Um, but, yeah, I, I, like you said, the Raiders are terrible against tight ends. I think he's a great play. Um, I think he is, you know, yeah, in a, in a great spot at his price point. This is one of those weeks where I could see someone going, you get Zeke, you get Gordon, you get Hopkins. You get Watson um, or, you know, Drew Brees or something like that. And you have all this money already le- already spent. So you get David Njoku as your tight end. And at Flex, you put Eric Ebron in there, at least on DraftKings, because they're 3,200 and 3,600. They have to catch like four balls for 40 yards to hit value. And I think that they're both locks to do that. I think they could both go for 5x value. And if they do, you're in the money in cash, no doubt about it. So... I don't think that's a bad way to go. There's too many wide receivers I like to do it, but um, if you ever want to consider going two tight ends in cash games, I think it's a decent week to do it. I totally agree. All right, DST. Uh, Christian, there are several good plays. Again, not like last week where there were like four dominant plays, but is there anyone that you like that stands out above everyone else, or is it the same kind of thing where it's like two or three that you like all about the same? Uh, I think there's like two that I that I like, and I'd give you a little bit of a, of a different option as far as price. Um, and that's those are the Eagles and the Bears, and I like them for the same reasons. I think they're both the it's like the number one, number two pass rush in in the league. They're they're both fantastic. I love the idea of going after sacks, quarterback pressures. Um, I think for the Eagles specifically, Mariota is is playing, but he hasn't looked good. He didn't look good before he was hurt. He doesn't look good, you know, while he's hurt. His his right hand is messed up, and so I think when you know, he can't even feel his fingers. So I, I, that's, yeah. that's not good. I mean, that blows my mind beyond anything else. But yeah, it's it's phenomenal that um, they're even choosing to play him. But you know, when you have an injured hand like that, you can't get your your release slows down. And so when your release slows down, the incru- like that pass rush becomes way more effective. If now the quarterback has to take longer to throw the ball. It, the pocket's closing in on him. I just think it's a mess. I think it's a really bad situation for Mariota, and I think it's a really good opportunity for the Eagles to get a lot of sacks, to get some turnovers. Um, I think they're a great option on DraftKings. They're a little bit too expensive for me on FanDuel, but yeah, DraftKings, loving the Eagles. And then the Bears are the other one that I like. Uh, they're You'd play them in cash games against Fitzgerald? Um, yeah. No, I don't, I don't think I have a problem with that. I think that... Yeah. I mean, our model says that they are the single best value and that they're going to be have huge ownership as a result of that. I don't know if I can get on board. It makes me a little bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, yeah, obviously, you know, Fitzmagic is coming, but I think 
when you look at the way that, that, that defenses are scored nowadays in fantasy, I think you can be pretty comfortable that even if a team puts up 25, even 30 points, like your defense isn't going to get killed for that, especially if they can tack on a lot of sacks. You know, Fitz, we saw it last week. He can throw for 400 yards and a, a, a whole bucket of interceptions. Like he can, he can do both. He's a man of many talents. He can be simultaneously horrible and amazing. So when you get a bunch of interceptions, a bunch of sacks, a bunch of pressures, that's you're going to get fantasy points out of that. So for a Bears defense that's pretty cheap and is maybe getting some some second, you know, maybe some people doubting them a little bit in this matchup with the red hot Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I, I, I like them there. I love the Jags against New York. How can you not? I love the Chargers against San Francisco, both at home, both heavy favorites, but they're both just so expensive. And I haven't been able to fit them into my lineup and feel good about the rest of my lineup. So for me on both DraftKings and FanDuel, I'm using the Cleveland Browns. Derek Carr hasn't been great. Cleveland Browns have been great. And I know that you're going to think, oh, they're 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Who cares? This is They're not going to keep this up. But on defense, you look at the three teams that they have faced and you take their fantasy points in the games they haven't played the Browns compared to the games where the Browns have played them. The Browns have surrendered 14.5 points fewer than the other teams have. I think this Browns defense is a top five or six defense in the NFL. Um, and I know that that's going to make a lot of people cringe. But I think with Baker Mayfield and even with Hugh Jackson, this team is going to have a hard time not winning eight games. I, I can't believe, again, I can't believe I'm saying that. It kind of makes me want to puke but because the defense is that good. I really think the Browns defense is that good. And I'm using them against Oakland. I agree with you. I don't really think it's too cringeworthy to suggest that they're that good of a defense. I think I'm glad to hear that from you. I think Tags would probably make fun of me, but actually, you know what? Tags loves the Browns. Who am I kidding? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I do think I think it's warranted. I really think that if you look at last year, they were they were a good defense. Like there's I mean, it's the Browns. So you associate anything that the Browns do with just like the absolute cancer of the league. But Their defense has been good, and this year, coupled with an offense that isn't absolutely atrocious, like I, I, I like them. I think you know they're not on the field the whole game. I, I think it's a good spot to be in. I think they. I agree with the the whole matchup analysis with Oakland. Um, I, I think they're totally. Very totally fine defense play here. All right, Christian, for the GPP section, we always move a lot faster on this. And the reason why is you could frankly make a case for just about anyone in GPP. Um, because it's, you know, you never know when Deshaun Jackson, who's listed as the third or fourth string wide receiver on the box, is going to go for two touchdowns on, you know, 30% of the team snaps. There's stuff like that that happens every week. So how we're going to do this is just going to be lightning round, okay? We're going to go one position at a time, and we're each going to name for defense just one guy, or one or two people that we really like, not even really give any analysis, just this is who we like for GPP, and then we'll move on. So we're going in reverse order here. DST, one or two teams that stand out to you that you think could just be great contrarian place. Can I throw the Jets out there without offending you too badly? Um, <laughs> I think that the, I, I think it's a decent play. I think you never really know what you're going to get out of Bortles. I think, um, yep. you know, while I think, I mean, the Jets defense has been good. Like they, they've been turning, they, creating a lot of turnovers, creating a lot of pressure. I, I think I like them there. They're Dirt cheap. They're like 2400 on DraftKings. Uh, I like them there. I have no problem with that. Uh, for me, I love Tampa Bay at Chicago. Trubisky is, is really scary. The Buccaneers have been horrible, but um, anytime you go up against a quarterback like Trubisky, who's turnover prone, I think it could work out well. Um, I was going to say the Jets as well for my second one. So let's move on over to tight end. Anyone you could see just catching two touchdowns and being the dude this week? Um, Honestly, like I like the guys I already said for tight end, just because... Is that I, I, how it always goes with tight end? Like, the guys you like for cash games, you also like for GPP. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll put one caveat on that. I think Eric Ebron is probably going to be too chalky to consider him a GPP tight end. But I think okay. David Njoku is a, a fine GPP player. Yeah, I don't mind so much using a lot of chalk in my GPP lineups. Like, I mean, you get, what is it, nine guys in the lineup. If you have six of them who are chalky... There's a reason they're chalky. We trust these guys. And you get two or three contrarian plays that set you apart. So I don't mind be doing chalk for tight end. But this week, I actually have two guys I like. Tyler Eifert uh, against Atlanta in that huge over-under game. And then Ricky Seals-Jones, only because Josh Rosen is a total wild card here. We know that Ricky Seals-Jones is a big-time athlete. He's stupid cheap, like uh, a lot of these other guys at tight end. And so I wouldn't be surprised at all 
if the big red zone threat comes through with Larry Fitzgerald still banged up, grabs you two touchdowns, and has one of those big games like we saw last year. Yeah, I agree. I, I like both of those guys. All right, uh, maybe maybe three, four names at wide receiver here for GPP. Um, well, I want to start off with say Keenan Allen, and I think obviously that's not like a typical GPP play because it doesn't save you salary or anything like that. But I think with his injury designation, I think if he's slated to play, I actually think he's a decent uh, a decent option. I think he's got a, this matchup with Kawan Williams in the slot, which you know you mentioned Brian Poole earlier, who's been absolutely terrible. Like Kawan Williams is right up there with him at the at, at the absolute <laughs> worst right. at the position. Like he's been someone that I have been targeting in DFS for like going on two, maybe even three years now. Every time I can match up someone good against Quan Williams, I'm all over it. So I like him. I think you could get Keenan Allen at lower ownership because people will be scared off of him if it, even if he is, you know, designated to play. I mean, obviously don't play him if he doesn't play, but you know. Yeah, that's a good one. Who else do you have? Um, I like Quincy Anunwa is actually one of my favorite GPP plays. I think, Jack, yeah, um, Jacksonville's cornerback, uh, their slot corner, Tyler Patman. He's obviously, I mean, it doesn't That's take the much weak to, spot. Yeah, he's he's the weakest link, and it doesn't take much to be the weakest link when you got you know Boy and 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 just such a vaunted defense everywhere else. But yeah, I think that's the obvious option, and I think his connection with uh, Donald is, is exceptional. He's getting peppered with targets. They're underdogs. Everything's lining up for an unlock. Yeah, he's got twenty nine targets already. I don't think that changes, and we've seen a lot of these guys like uh, like Odell Beckham not go off in terms of touchdowns and everything, but just get a ton of yards because they get those targets. I mean, Jacksonville is, they're not like robots. They're going to give up some yards. It's just a matter of, you know, are they going to give up 20 points? Probably not. Um, So I could see Anunwa having a big game. Uh, A couple guys that I like here, and then we'll circle back around to you for one, maybe two more names. Rashad Higgins. Uh, Like I said, Callaway wasn't great last week. Higgins has a lot of talent, and I think Mayfield is going to spark this this offense. He is forty five hundred dollars. I wouldn't be surprised if he catches a long touchdown, ends up around a hundred yards with a score. Um, somebody else that I love this week, I already mentioned Calvin Ridley. Um, a, a lot of these guys I've already mentioned are good. Mike Williams, um, but Keelan Cole against the Jets. Uh, we've seen him have some huge games, but the one play that I really love is Marvin Jones against Dallas. Everyone's excited about uh, Kenny Galladay. Golden Tate is still performing better than Jones. We've seen Jones have huge games, though. I think this could be another one of those situations. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he's the kind of player that's always primed for one of those games, so I don't blame you. I think if, if it happens, you know, yeah, I can see it. All right, do you have another name for us, Christian? Yeah, one more that I want to mention. He came up a little bit earlier, um, but Geronimo Allison. And I think, you know, <clears throat> like we mentioned before, Devontae Adams has a little bit of a tall task for himself this week. And I think that opens things up for Geronimo Allison, who, I mean, Aaron Rodgers seems to evidently love. And I, I think for good reason. He seems like a really talented player. And he's, um, I think he gets a really good, um, similar to the kind of opposite of Marshawn Lattimore approach that we talked about earlier as well. I think he's a really good play here. My final name that I want to mention, and again, this is going to make some people puke. So if you need to just fast forward so you don't have to like throw up all over your keyboard, I'm I'm sorry that I'm doing this. But Devontae Parker, I think, is a great GPP play. He's right back in the action. Everyone was saying, oh, maybe he's the number four receiver now because you got Albert Wilson. He looks great. Jakeem Grant's awesome. Obviously, Kenny Stills. Devontae Parker played 75% of the snaps last week as he was eased back in. The Patriots have a weak secondary. Parker was their number one in the preseason, has a ton of talent. I think Tannehill is better than what they threw out last season. I wouldn't be shocked at all if Parker breaks onto the scene. He's everyone's favorite pickup this time, uh, you know, in four or five days when we're doing waiver wire pickups. So I'm going to have some exposure to Devontae Parker, whether you guys like it or not. I like that a lot too. Actually, I've had him stashed on my season-long fantasy benches for a, a, like an embarrassingly long. Me time. too, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, running backs GPP. Uh, do you have a few names for us here? Oh, I got one that I really want to mention, and that's Sony Michelle. Um, I think he's like you know, like we said, the the running back is really not a, a spot that you want to tempt too much. The devil here. We talked about some good cheaper plays, some good expensive plays, but Sony Michelle is like one who's not necessarily a super safe play either way. But I think he is some insane potential he has a yep. really high breakaway speed that we haven't seen yet the the pats are a top 10 run blocking unit i think it's it's a decent spot for i think he's the kind of player that if the, he gets a hole he could 
break off for a 75-yard touchdown easily. And that's kind of, you know, I think that's the kind of thing that you want to target in GPPs. And he's the goal line guy, especially with Rex Burkhead out. The Patriots run way more on the goal line than anybody else over the past two years. Like, so much more. If I had to pick someone besides Kamara, Elliott, Barkley, and Gordon to score three touchdowns this week, it's Sony Michelle, and I say that without hesitation. I have no, no doubt about it. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. I think David Johnson's a good GPP play. Everyone forgets about how good he is. I watch him on tape. He's still a superstar. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens with Josh Rosen in there. Maybe they run some more plays. Uh, Don't forget about Leonard Fournette. He could go off any game. He's back in there. Uh, The Jets aren't a team to pick on, but Fournette could go off any game, like I said. Uh, Aaron Jones against Buffalo. Buffalo is a, a running team that we pick on. They were the worst last year after they traded Marcel Darius. They were the worst in the first two weeks, and the only reason they weren't last week is because the Vikings ran the ball six times. I think Aaron Jones could be awesome. Same for Jamal Williams. And the one other play that I really like is uh, is Rashad Penny. And this is going to sound weird because I'm a Chris Carson guy, but who knows what Pete Carroll's going to do. Rashad Penny is extremely talented. I don't think this Arizona defense is is all that great. I wouldn't be shocked if the if the scripts uh, flips here and Penny gets twenty touches this week. Yeah, I think Penny Penny's interesting. I think that the Seahawks are the kind of team that I don't know if it's Pete Carroll's doing, but it seems like every week they think, all right, something worked this week. How can we do the exact opposite the next week? <laughs> right, like Jonas Gray. Like, I always yeah. think about Jonas Gray with Bill Belichick. <laughs> exactly right. That is the perfect comparison. Yeah, yeah. And I, think, I, I mean, think... Penny's going to be like 0.1, owned. If oh, he yeah. hits, and I think there's like a 5% chance something like that happens, that, that's a good return of investment. Uh, do you have one or two other names here? Um, I think you mentioned a lot of the guys I like. I think Aaron Jones is what Green Bay needs to put a spark in that run game against a, a really, really terrible running running defense like, like Buffalo has. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, I'm waiting for, for the Duke Johnson arrival in Cleveland. I, I want him to be used more on that offense because I think they have a good role for him, but um, I don't think it's it's there yet. But if he pops off this week, you heard it here first. Um, but I'm <laughs> but don't play him. Um, everything, everyone else, I, I think we I covered. All right, let's move on over to quarterback uh, to close out the show. Oh, actually, we'll give our locks of the weeks before it's over. Um, I've got, I'll start us off here. A lot of people, again, are going to cringe at this one, but Dak Prescott, you go back and you watch the tape, everyone's like, man, he threw two interceptions, he was horrible. Did you see those two interceptions? Their wide receiver, the wide receiver had two hands on them, and it slipped through his hands both times, and the, and the defense caught it. I thought he looked a lot better than the stats suggested. I think he's still a quality quarterback. And with Matthew Stafford bombing away on the other side, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Dak Prescott throws 40 passes and this game gets out of hand as a shootout and Dak Prescott has a big game. He's like 0.4% owned and I'm the guy sitting on him. I'm pumped about that one. I think he's kind of the ultimate GVP play this week, especially with so many people liking Elliott and for good reason. Like I think if nothing else, just for the contrarian aspect of like if everyone has Elliott and you take Dak instead, like yeah, that's that's a ridiculously good value if it actually works out. All right, what do you think? Do you have uh, a few names here? Um, one guy I like to mention is Eli Manning, and that's yeah. kind of, it, it's like a game script kind of situation. I mean, Eli Manning is probably my least favorite player in the league, um, which is partly a personal bias, but also just because he's terrible. Um, but I think, <laughs> in this, I, I, I think in this situation, like, you know, you, you've got New Orleans on the opposite side, like, you want this game to be a shootout. You, I think it could be. The Saints have not found a pass rush yet, which is exactly like where Eli Manning thrives. Is like when he actually has time to throw the ball, he can air it out downfield. And if the Saints give him a chance to do that, he could bring some more havoc down on even some guys like Marshall Lattimore and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think he's a, he's a decent play there. 50 and a half over under. They're the underdog. Slide underdog, so it should be close. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, I think, against New England is a good play. He's pretty cheap. Uh, Deshaun Watson every week for GPP. And then I've got two other guys. This is your weekly reminder. Blake Bortles has a handful of huge games every year. No matter how much he sucks, half the time, he is really, really good some weeks. So get some shares. And then Mitch Trubisky, because he has the talent. We know he's going to make some bonehead decisions, especially when he gets in his head, but this Tampa defense has been just dreadful, and in fact, he's my favorite GPP play. I'm playing Trubisky all over the place in GPP, like 20% exposure, because I think there's a decent chance that he has a big game. He runs the ball, too. 
yeah, he's got a lot of upside there. If he, he sneaks in a rushing touchdown, you're in really good shape. What, what do you think about Josh Allen? Would you play him against... <laughs> I, can't, I can't not laugh when I say Josh Allen's name for, for any DFS, any lineup, anywhere, in any kind of contest. But he was good last week. In Green Bay, I could see him maybe having a huge week. Could you use him? Anyone else you like? Maybe uh, Bethard? Yeah, Bethard's an interesting one. I, I don't know if I love like the situation for him against the Chargers. I think the Chargers, even without Joey Bosa, are, are pretty formidable on defense. And I'm just kind of waiting for that, that to all click. I think Casey Hayward is a force in and of himself and like I think that's a really good defense but at the same time I don't think Bethard's like really that like gunslinger quarterback he's kind of you know he, he's the kind of guy that could rack up a lot of yards without like actually like without you know without San Fran going absolutely nuts so he could hit value at his at his price point um yeah absolutely maybe Josh Rosen breakout game I yeah don't know. Josh Rosen you know we talked about it before I, I totally agree with that one as well I think I love the idea of a wild card in GPPs um, and you know, if he's anything close to the talent that they drafted him to be, then he should certainly be hitting value at 4,500. I wish we had like super flex in DFS because I would love to use Trubisky and Prescott in, uh, in my GPP lineups because nobody else would do that. And I like both these guys a little bit this week, at least in terms of upside. So, oh yeah, it's all about upside for GPPs. All right. Any other quarterbacks before we give our lock of the week? I think that's, that's it for me. Yeah, Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson, have to remind you every week, he's got big upside just like Bortles. Uh, not just like Bortles. Way better than Bortles, but you yeah. know what I'm saying. He's got big yeah. games in him. Uh, so who is your lock of the week? I think my lock of the week is probably Gio Bernard. Um, and probably just, if, you know, thinking about everything that we've talked about over this entire podcast, you know, lineup construction, getting these high-profile running backs. I'm not going to go ahead and say, like, you know, I, I said Zeke is my favorite of the top guys, but He's not my absolute lock of the week. I just think Gio Bernard is hard to not play. Like he's just the best place to get salary relief for it while feeling good about it. Yeah, my lock of the week is is Kenny Galladay on FanDuel. On DraftKings, man, I guess on DraftKings I'll go with Sterling Shepard because he's so cheap. He's $4,900, but on on FanDuel it's not even close for me. It's Kenny Galladay. Uh, If you don't have him in your lineup at that price, I don't know what you're doing. That's all I've got to (laughs) say. Fair enough. I totally agree. All right, guys, that's all for today's show. Uh, This was great, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I love doing this. And if you want to follow Christian on Twitter, you can find him at CJ Abonizio. And I'm going to spell that last name for you. A-B-B-O-N-I-Z-I-O. And I want to say thanks to the sponsors of today's show. Lisa Mattresses, where you can get $160 off your Lisa Mattress order by going to leesa.com slash fantasypros. And also NFL Game Pass. If you want a seven-day free trial to NFL Game Pass, you can go back and relive the NFL season by going to nfl.com slash fantasypros. Don't forget to check out Tag's live stream that he's got going on at youtube.com slash fantasypros. And also enter that Todd Gurley signed throwback Rams jersey giveaway at fantasypros.com slash contest. And don't forget about the DraftKings contest that we're putting on. If you go to fantasypros.com slash DraftKings contest, you can get your crack at $6,000. It's a free entry, and the top five win a one-year upgrade to our highest premium package. All right, thanks everyone for listening, and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.